Hello again. This is Warlock Nine, and this podcast is gonna have to do with movies. This is the top fifteen science fiction, or if you want to refer to them as fantasy, sci-fi, and fantasy films ever. So let's get into it. Number fifteen is the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Um, had a really good cast. Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, Veronica Cartwright, Leonard Nimoy, Art Hindle. Uh, great character actors, great actors in general. Um, Basically, in San Francisco, a group of people discover the human race is being re-emplaced one by one by clones. And um, if you don't want to have any more spoilers, I guess you should push stop or pause. There will be spoilers in this podcast, so if you don't want to be spoiled by any movie you haven't seen yet, then I, I guess hit pause and come back later. Anyway, um, this was the first remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think it's the best version of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, Slowly, people have noticed that people are changing and whenever they tell someone about someone is changing, someone calls them back, and then they've been changed. So, um, I loved Donald Sutherland in this movie. This is like one of the first movies I've seen Don, Donald Sutherland, and after that I kind of became a fan of his. Uh, really loved it. Um, this movie has a very young Jeff Goldblum. This is one of, I think, one of his first movies. Um, this movie is pretty cool to see uh, Leonard, knowing, Leonard Nimoy and Spock of uh, Star, Star Trek fame. Um, Art Hendel in the 80s, although this is a movie from the, slight, the um, late 70s. Art Hendel became that character actor who could play sinister father or sinister husband, but he could also play loving father and loving husband. He was the master of that. He never, he never really became really famous, but I always loved him in every movie he was in. Even if I didn't like the movie, I thought his performances were always solid. He's definitely. Uh, one of the great underrated actors of American cinema, I would say. So, with that, let's go to number 14. Number 14 is 12 Monkeys. Um, starring Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt. Um, directed by Terry Gillum, who, you know... Uh, Time Bandits, Fear and Love in Las Vegas, Brazil, just a master filmmaker. Um, Twelve Monkeys is a, uh, it's in a future dead, devastated by a disease, excuse me, 
that a, uh, a virus that wiped out the human race. Um, the movie jumps a lot. You might have to watch it more than once to actually get it. It doesn't mean you're stupid or anything. It's just the movie does jump a lot. Um, I remember the first couple times I saw it. <laughs> it actually makes you feel like you're on drugs sometimes, even though you're not. I mean, you're just sitting there, and it's just... Brad Pitt was nominated for an Oscar. Sadly, he didn't win. He was definitely deserving of an Oscar of this movie. He was... Uh, really good and under he was uh, kind of underrated for this film i thought um it's not a lot more to go into uh basically told you the basic concept uh i heard the remake in the movie or it's already been remade um not really i haven't heard anyone really famous who's directing it or starring in it so I'm gonna reserve a opinion right now but I can't say I'm too enthused about this project because it just doesn't sound that interesting what they're gonna do with it okay science fiction is such a cool um, art form and film especially now with you know the technology and everything so this one should be much higher so where it is doesn't mean it's a bad movie it means it's a kick-ass movie but most of these movies on this list are really kick-ass if you ask me anyway um number 13 is inception um this movie is just simply amazing. I didn't want to watch it because um, I'm not big on Leonardo DiCaprio that much. And um, I saw the trailer, even though uh, it looked like it had some uh, decent special effects. I was like, mm, I don't think so. But. Um, it's got a pretty cool cast as well, besides Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy's in the movie, Michael Caine's in the movie, and uh, Tom Berenger, someone who was a little bigger in the 80s, is in the movie. Uh, Christopher Nolan directs it from, uh, from the, his Bat Batman trilogy. He's really good. Uh, Special effects, I think, won an Oscar too, which it was well well deserved. Uh, very underrated science fiction film. If you watch it, you won't won't be disappointed. <laughs> Aliens is number twelve. This is the sequel to Aliens. I remember going to see this when it came out. I went back to see it three or four times. Um, some say this is the best version. Some say it's the first one. Uh, you make your opinion. Um, like the first one, this uh, movie has kind of a, a hoo-hoo a who's who in 
movies. You got Sigourney Weaver coming back. You got Michael Bean from The Terminator. You got Paul Reiser, the comedian. You got Lance uh, Heckerson, who he plays the android in this. You got the late, great Bill Paxton was incredibly funny in this movie. And, um, you had, uh, James Cameron really, uh, up this movie. The, uh, alien nest, the, uh, the set design is really good looking. Uh, movie kind of comes off after Ripley's been rescued. She's been, um, in hypersleep for 57 years and then they they lose contact with the colony and her and the marines gotta go down and see what's what and this is where the fun begins um killer movie like i said i went and saw it three or four times after seeing it the first time it really was that kind of movie that you had to go see it again and again and again it's it's if you've never seen it i think you will like it and enjoy it if you like uh science fiction number 11 terminator um this was a really low budget movie i think a lot of people didn't really give it much um thought when it first came out. Um, it's the first time Schwarzenegger was playing the bad guy. They, a lot of people don't know, they originally gave him the Michael Bean character to play and he didn't want it. He wanted to play the Terminator. Um, this was just one of those movies. Um, although some would credit Conan the Barbarian and make him into a star, I'd really say it was this movie, because um, Conan the Barbarian is kind of a forgettable movie. It's not a bad movie, don't get me wrong, as far as Arnold movies goes. It is one of his best movies, too, but this movie was just ultra-classic, kind of put Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean on, on the map, really. Um... Also, this is the movie that really springboarded uh, Cameron's career as a movie movie director. Um, basically, a Terminator is sent from the future into the past to try and kill Linda Hamilton because she gives birth to a son, and her son John Connor pretty much wipes out and wins the war against against the machines so this is the basic plot of the movie the movie is really good um i highly recommend this one if you've never seen it i think you'll enjoy it number 10. number 10 some could say why is this movie on this list but i think this movie Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith has aged rather well. When it first came out, people hated it um, somewhat. It's grown to have kind of a cult following now. I mean, you basically, this is the movie where you 
see Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader, like peg by peg, and you're seeing him just crumble away of the human part of him, and he's he's going towards the dark side. Um, I like this movie. There were there were certain parts of the movie that were controversial at the time that they came out, like the scene where the there's all these little tiny Jedi's who are training in this like they're in this room. The uh, the bay doors open. He puts on his lightsaber. His eyes are all like demon like, and you pretty much know what's gonna happen next. I mean, he basically wiped out kids, so there, that was very controversial, but I often said he became Darth Vader, he became evil. I mean, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> Plus, and, I mean, get real, it's only a fantasy. It's, it's fake. It's not real. It's just a movie. Um, this is the best of the prequels. The prequels haven't really done seriously well over the years. Um, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones is still kind of looked kind of like, eh, you know, as is Episode One: Phantom Menace. But over the years, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith has kind of gotten more of a cult following. It's more likable than 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 the first two. Um, this was the last George Lucas movie that he actually directed. I think people would have preferred him to keep directing the movies, even given the fact that they didn't really care for a lot of the prequels. Um, a lot of people didn't think, you know, this movie would be well or do well. I mean, it did well financially, not kind of the way the movies are doing now, but... They did decent box office, and, uh, but uh, I don't know what else I can say. If you like Star Wars, I think you will like this movie. Um, it's actually it's my uh, it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. Some of the Star Wars movies are kind of hard to digest, like the last one, The Last Jedi, and. Uh, I've never liked Return of the Jedi really kind of irritates me too, but uh, anyway, let's get to the next movie. It's number nine. This movie did not do well when it came out. It's still doesn't usually have the highest rate in the way where you go online. But number nine is Escape from LA. The whole poster said Snake is back. I was always a huge, massive Snake Plissken fan. I would have wanted to see over the years, you know, how like a lot of those horror movies they'll have like eight and nine sequels. I would have loved to have seen nine Snake Plissken movies. Unfortunately, they only made two. Escape from L.A. is a very, very fun movie. Um, I'm not sure why people hate on it, you know. Um, Escape from New York was very serious. Uh, Escape from L.A. was 
a little funnier. It, it, it was a fun movie. It had a lot of cool cast of characters. You had John Car Carpenter back directing. Um, Kurt Russell's Snake is always. Uh, Steve Buscemi was in the movie from Fargo. You had Stacy Keach, the uh, classic uh, actor, was in it. Um, Peter Fonda had a small part. Um, Cliff Robinson, who some of you might know from Spider-Man, played the president. Uh, Pam Greer from Jackie Brown was in the movie. Bruce Campbell has a small part in in the film. It's a it's it's a really good movie. This, this is a movie I showed to my daughter recently. She liked it. Um, it's just a fun movie. Okay, let's go to number eight. Mad Max Fury Road. I've seen this on some sci-fis, and they put this at number one. Now, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I do think now, the more and the more and the more I watch this movie, I do think it's like the... It is now what I would consider to be the best Mad Max movie. It's even kind of replaced. Before that, I used to think Road Warrior. But um, now I, I, I do think um, Mad Max Fury Road really is one hell of an awesome movie. I mean, when it came out, I didn't go see it because it had been so long. And I know everyone was saying it was like really, really good. They got George Miller back, you know, the guy who directed all of them. But I was very skeptical. Um, Tom Hardy is really phenomenally good in this movie. Charlene Theron is decent in the movie. But, um, I mean, the big thing online was like, I guess they didn't like each other on set, supposedly, and I guess it, it, it did, does kind of come off in the film. It, I mean, it does look like a aging couple who's on who's on the brink of divorce. They, I mean, it did come through in in the movie. Um, the um, it's a uh, it's a run and chase movie, like a lot of the uh, the um, Road Warrior movies are. Uh, I, I can't wait for for the next one. I think anyone who uh, likes these movies will definitely like Mad Max Fury. If you liked any of the other Mad Max movies, I can't see you not liking. Mad Max Fury Road. Um, the sequel is supposed to be coming out soon. I don't mean like this year or next year. It just says there's going to be another movie called Mad Max The, the Wasteland. Uh, George Miller is going to produce it. 
that's all the information there is on his page right now. It doesn't say whether he's going to direct it. I hope he is because I think it has a better chance of success if he does direct it. But hey, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Next movie. Number seven, Brazil. Brazil was one awesome movie. Some consider it to be Terry Gilliam's finest hour. I don't know if I'd go that far. It's a seriously phenomenally great movie. It's a, this movie has a big uh, anti-big brother and big government and I think you'd have to say um, with the being that he lives in England and you got CCTV, you always have a camera watching you somewhere. I mean, I think it does have to play in into that and how government is just so big. And this, this movie definitely has a lot of anti-government kind of things between these guys' dreams and his realities. You don't know where the reality starts and where the dream ends. So it is one of those super cool movies where... Expect the unexpected, you know. I, I I hate movies nowadays, a lot of them, because I can sit down in the first 15 to 20 minutes, know everyone who's going to live, everyone who's going to die, the, the man who's going to get with the girl at the end. I mean, all these movies are very typical, but this is not a typical movie. If you like unusual science fiction, um, where you can't see where it's going, this is definitely a movie for you. Next film. Number six. Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Um, I went to go see this in the theater. It came out same as Escape from L.A. Um, loved it. Thought it was so unusual. He was the total anti-hero. Um, Snake, what made Snake so interesting and original, he's not really a good guy, he's not really a bad guy, he's the guy, uh, he won't fuck with you, but if you fuck with him, he's gonna smash your face, um, he basically, the premise of this movie, um, they inject Snake with a virus, so he has to go into New York to save the president, and, uh, and he, ha and he has to rescue him. Um, this movie had a decent um, cast. You had the uh, awesome Kurt Russell. You had Ernest Bornine. You had Donald Pleasance from the uh, from the Halloween films. Isaac Hayes, the singer, played played the Duke, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Harry Dean Stanton was in the movie. He was really good. Uh, then wife of John Carpenter and Adrian Bar Barbeau was in the movie. All the characters are really good in this movie and uh, well worth watching. If you've never seen Escape from New York, check it out. Okay. Five, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. 
this movie was just simply fucking awesome. There's no way to categorize it. Uh, it still holds up, even though the you you could say some of the special effects are now uh, obsolete, but the the premise of the movie is still there. Um, one of Arnold's best movies this time. It's the same Terminator, but he's been he's been sent back to the past to actually save John Connor this time. Instead of trying to kill them, he's helping them. And uh, you got Linda Hamilton back. You got James Cameron. Um, you have uh, Edward Furlong playing John Connor. Um, I don't know why Cameron has never made another Terminator movie. I think in some ways he thinks that this movie is just like as perfect as perfect can be. Because usually sequels suck. And in, in this case, the sequel outdid the uh, original. And um, I don't think he wants to fuck with greatness and I can kind of understand it. I know a lot of us fans would love to see him do another Terminator movie. I don't know whether he's going to be doing another. I know I think in the next couple years he's going to have a bunch of Avatar movies or something coming out. Those have made so much money for him. I don't think uh, he's going to waste much time on a new Terminator and since the last few Terminators have really stunk, I haven't liked a Terminator film since the third one. And uh, So, saying that, let's go on to the next movie. Number four is Alien. Can you say this movie really? I remember at the time you didn't see a lot of science fiction movies at the movie theater, not like it is now. It now you get like at least a couple science fiction movies coming out every month, sometimes more. At, but at, at this time, you know, science fiction hadn't really proven to Hollywood. I think that. They could, you know, bank money from this kind, of, these kind of movies. Because a lot of times, these kinds of movies didn't make money. I mean, even though a couple years ago, Star Wars became a major blockbuster, but that was kind of the exception to the rule. It wasn't wasn't the standard. So a lot of these uh, movies were hard to get made. And the unique thing about this, a lot of people in this movie at the time. Nobody knew who they were, but this movie kind of changed it for that. Tom Skerritt was probably one of the more famous people in the movie, but he was still pretty much unknown. He'd go on to be in Top Gun. Sigourney Weaver, of course, this movie would put her on the map, make her a major star. Veronica Cartwright was a, a character actress. She became very famous. She was in another movie I mentioned in here, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. She's a really good actress. Henry D. Stanton. This wasn't his first movie or anything. I don't believe. Actually, no, it wasn't his first movie. But this movie would also put him on the map. Um, English actor John Hurt. This movie helped him. Ian Holm, who... Uh, 
who played the android. Uh, there's um, nothing left to really say other than that. That um, they uh, how they end up there uh, before I go too far uh, after they uh, receive a distress call and it's um, as a mysterious life form and they go to investigate it and this is what happens this is a movie if you love science fiction you have to see this this is one of the best science fictions of all time um, the monster was uh, designed by the uh, the late great H.R. Geiger master uh, painter and artist Alright, let's go on to the next one. Number three, The Empire Strikes Back. Without a doubt, the greatest Star Wars movie ever. I don't think this is a Star Wars film that they will ever be able to top. It's epic in every way. Um, Luke Skywalker finds out that... Uh, Darth Vader is his father. Finds out Carrie Fisher is his sister. Um, he gets uh, Han gets turned on by his friend Lando. Gets frozen. Um, Yoda comes into to play in this film. Starts to train Luke. Um, in this film, you basically see Luke becoming the Jedi that he's gonna be. Um, this uh, movie sadly only won one Oscar. I think it was for special effects, but this was a definitely a classic uh, science fiction film. If you've never seen this one? You definitely got to see this one. Number two, The Matrix. This one could arguably be number one, but it ended up being number two. Um, the film has a lot of anti-government like themes in the film. Um, the red pill and the blue pill, you know, you, you can choose to live in your own little fantasy or you can choose to know, know the truth. A lot of... Uh, Alice in Wonderland themes. Um, technically, from what they say, it's not really an anti-government film, but it's it's the retelling story of Christ. I mean, I think I think most people see it as an anti-government film. I don't think as many times as you can tell them it's the retelling of Christ that most people are going to see that it's a science fiction film, but. Um, Without a doubt, this is one of Keanu Reeves' better movies. Not that he has a ton of awful movies, but this is probably one of his better movies. Um, it has a very good cast. You got Lawrence Fishburne supporting. Um, Carrie Ann Moss, this is the first movie I would see here in. Hugo Weaving, who's been in the... Uh, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies, 
plays Agent Smith, and he's a master at playing Agent Smith. Uh, this is just a really good, fun time. Uh, this is another one where um, where they started when people would get into fights and they would kind of pause in midair. This is the movie that they started doing this on. They kind of invented that whole thing on, on this film. And that's, that's pretty cool. There were two sequels that really didn't live up to the first movie. I mean, when you see part, when I see part two and part three of The Matrix, there's almost like too much stuff going on that you don't really know what to think, or that's how I viewed them. I always thought there was just too much stuff going on in um, Matrix 2 and Matrix 3, so I didn't really enjoy them as much as I enjoyed the first movie, but the first movie is definitely a solid 10. You should, uh, if you like science fiction, you've never seen it, you should check it out. They are trying to make a remake of of this movie. I don't know why. I don't know why they have to constantly try and fuck up every good movie out there. I guess so they can try to make a quick buck, I guess. But usually most of these movies, they tank big time. Um, so with saying that, if you've never seen it, go rent it. I think you'll enjoy it. My number one movie is without doubt, still holds up, is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Whenever you hear um, the astronaut going, open the pod bayum doors, Hal, <laughs> and you hear Hal say, and I know it's a computer voice, so he's not really saying sinister, but he's, he, it does sound sinister, and he's going, I'm afraid, Dave, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, Usually, when you're used to a monster, you're used to a demon or, or, or a rabid dog or, or something. You don't expect it to be uh, a computer. So, I mean, but in these days and age, you could really see how a HAL 9000 could be evil because we live in such a tech, technology age now. And uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, wrote this with, with the guy who wrote it. Arthur C. Clarke. Kubrick was famous for writing um, screenplays with the people who actually wrote wrote the books for for the most part. Not all the time, but most of the time. Um, this this movie, um, it starts out with like the dawn of time. And then it goes to to the future, and just like it's the, you really have to see the movie if you've never seen the movie. It's better. I think 2001 has always been better experience than explained. I think that's what uh, Stanley Kubrick used to say. He used to say, "I don't like to explain my movies." Well, I like to explain other people's movies. I've never made a movie myself. Probably never get to, but. I've never got to make a movie myself, but um, this is a very epic science fiction film. There's no other way to put it. I mean, if you've never seen Sci um, 2001 Space Odyssey and 
you consider yourself a sci-fi fan, you might want to check your sci-fi me membership because <laughs> you have to see this movie. It's just, it, it is a must-have, in my personal opinion. Anyway, that's all I got to say on that. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast on science fiction and fantasy, whether you consider these films science fiction or fantasy is irrelevant. Hope you enjoyed it and hope you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you.